welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Wherever you are on your journey to glorify God, we are so glad you're here. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll come alongside you in the seasons and challenges of life to move you to know and love God in His Word, to find your hope in the gospel, and to invest deeply in your local church as you go out on mission for the glory of God. Today, we are talking to Kristen Weatherall about where we can look to for hope and help when our souls are weary. Spoiler alert, it is the one place we talk about all the time here at Journey Women, God's Word. Kristen's newest book, Help for the Hungry Soul, shares eight encouragements to grow your appetite for God's Word. We pray that this conversation with Kristen will stir your affections for God's Word and that it will encourage you to look to Scripture as your help in the midst of seasons of weariness. I cannot wait to share it with you, but before we go there, I just want to say a big thank you to those of you who support Journey Women Ministries by donating to the podcast. With your help, we are coming alongside more women to move them to know and love God, and we are so grateful. If you'd like to help us in our aim to move women to know and love God and His Word, to find their hope in the gospel, and to invest deeply in their local church as they go out on mission for the glory of God, you can do so at journeywomenpodcast.com forward slash give. Kristen, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. Love being back with you. This is great. Yes, we had you on a couple of years ago and talked about the topic of glory. And you and I are buddies behind the scenes and have done a lot of things in ministry offline. So it's just great to get to have you, uh, especially to talk about one of my favorite topics, God's Word. (laughs) Mm, Mine too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You just wrote a new book on it. It's called Help for the Hungry Soul. And this is such a timely book. I was just talking with a woman in my neighborhood yesterday about just Bible study. And she was telling me how she's really been out of the word and just asked me like, hey, what would you do if I I just haven't been desiring God's word lately? And I was like, well, I have this really great resource called Help for the Hungry Soul that my friend wrote. So praise God. (laughs) um, Such a timely book. And I know so many of the listeners are feeling that right now. Just they know the value of God's word, but they may not be reaching for it as readily as they'd like to. And so I think this is going to be such an encouraging conversation. I'd love to just hear how God's used the word to nourish and sustain you when you're in a season like that or when you're in a season of like personal weariness. Mm. Man, it yeah, it just makes me think of, you know, where else can I go, Lord? <laughs> where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life. Um, mm-hmm. And man, you say that and I think about lots of different seasons. I think about the early newborn days. I have three kids, so I've done this three times. And it's just so hard because you're you're taxed on, on every end, you know, and you're not sleeping. And, you know, all I need is just something, Lord, something to take with me throughout the day because I can hardly keep my eyelids open. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I'm thinking about the season of walking through chronic pain, you know, when yeah. I was really sick. And didn't know why for many years. But I knew that I could trust God's word, his word to me, his promise to me. Even if I didn't know what the next day was going to hold for me, I knew that I could trust his word. His word would sustain me. It was food for my soul. It was an anchor for my soul when I felt like the winds were blowing around me. 
I think about seasons of what I would call spiritual dryness Mm. or spiritual even depression. Yeah. I'm thinking of one in particular where uh, I felt like the clouds were just so heavy on me, like the spiritual clouds. And when I came to the word, it kind of felt like the words were just bouncing off the ceiling of my heart. And yet I knew in my heart that I couldn't go anywhere else and that God was just calling me to wait on him even if it didn't feel like the fruit was evident right away. Um, so man, weariness, we all feel it. We all have it. The context looks different for each of us. Yeah. But the word doesn't change. Isn't that an amazing promise? The grass withers, the flowers fade, Isaiah says, but the word of God remains forever. And so we need him. We need him through his word. I always find it so incredible how whatever passage it is that I'm actually studying and trying to really discern, like, what is the meaning of this text, you know? And then what does it mean for me today? How that message is relevant, regardless of the passage that I'm studying. I'm like, wait a second. We just studied Jonah this last summer. And of course, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to see some typology here. We're going to see how Jonah points us to Christ. But the other little things in that book that pertained to the very particular struggles that I was having in my unique life. And he just wasn't doing that in my life. He also was doing that in the lives of all the women in the room. This is so incredible how the Lord ministers to his people through his word. So tell us how the Lord uses his word to sustain and strengthen his people and maybe what the point of reading the Bible is, especially when we are in a season like you described. Mm -hmm. Well, it's always helpful to go back to the beginning, right? Mm. So God created us humans to hunger for him. We're made Mm. for him, for life with him, now and forever. God created Adam and Eve to walk with him and to love him and to treasure his word. He gave them he gave them, you know, the command you may eat of any tree in the garden, just not the one. But what happened? They chose to listen to the serpent's words, not God's word. And because of that, the result is when now we're looking to satisfy this God-given innate hunger for him in other places. And so we turn to all these other, you know, sources of quote unquote food yeah. to try and fill us up and give us uh, satisfaction, but they're temporary and it fades. So God, he's given us something and this walk by faith that, that we're walking in right now, he's giving us something that our own two eyes can see. He's giving us his words like this. I have my Bible right here, Hunter, and I'm holding it in my hands. And this is the very living, breathed out word of God. So God is speaking to me, to you, to the listeners through a book. Mm. What a gift. Yeah, you're you're literally making my heart tender. I'm like, yes, thank you, mm. Lord. Such a gift. He's so kind. Like you were saying in the book of Jonah, he's teaching <laughs> each one of your women individually and then you corporately as a church. It's just an incredible gift. So God intends to satisfy and to sustain our hunger for him through his words. Mm. And and so what an invitation to take up this book yeah. and feed on it, right? And and, yeah. and um, it's not, you know, we so often, uh, I do this all the time. We so often think about it as this thing that I'm supposed to do. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we could say, sure, God commands us to live through through reading his words and through feeding on his words. Yeah. But it's not just a supposed to, it's a get to. Yeah. I yeah. get to feed on God's words. What a gift. What a gift indeed. But I have to tell you, I am the chief of sinners when it comes to not only neglecting time in God's word, but also when it comes to remembering the gift that God's word is. It's no surprise that I struggle to prioritize his word when I continually forget what a delight it actually is. A little bit later in the episode, you'll hear Kristen encourage us to use Psalm 119 as a springboard for our prayers. So I'm going to do just that right now. Psalm 119 is 176 verses of delight, love, and hunger for God's word. I'm not going to read them all, but just a few as a prayer over you and me as we seek to increase our love for God's word. As I read, I hope you'll hear the psalmist cry for more of God, see his hunger for God's statutes. I'd encourage you even to allow your own heart to echo his cries for God to give you life according to his word. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Lord, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. God, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord your salvation according to your promise. God, I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. Lord, you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. God, let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. God, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Oh Lord, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. O Lord, would you enlarge our hearts for your word? Would you stir our affections for your commands? Would you increase our desire for your precepts and may we find you, know you, and love you more and more through your scriptures. Amen.
It makes me think about the verse that I've said so often on this podcast, but Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I think so many of us know that. We know we ought to be feasting on God's word. We know this is no empty word for you, but your very life. We know that. And yet for some reason, even though many of the listeners are born again believers, we don't have that hunger for the word. So talk to us a little bit about how we can grow our appetite for it. Mm -hmm. Well, my hand is raised over here. Me too. Um, (laughs) I'm not, you know, I didn't write help for the hungry soul because I have it all figured out, (laughs) but because I'm hungry and because I've walked through that in seasons as well. Yeah. Seasons where you feel like kind of guilty about it, you know? Totally. I, I can't talk to anybody about this. Or seasons where maybe you don't feel guilty, but you just feel discouraged. You know, you're like, I, I'm actually, I'm in the word every day. But I, it's just like not stirring the fires of my heart. What's going mm-hmm. on here? I'm kind of in a season like that right now. And I think our, you know, our great challenge is also our great opportunity. In other words, we struggle to hunger for God's word and we kind of get in these like spiritual ruts. And yet God wants to use that very reality, the need of our hearts, Mm -hmm. so that we will call upon him with that need. Because this is a spiritual thing that we're doing. This is a supernatural miracle that God wants to produce in our hearts. We can't actually produce it. Mm. It can't happen apart from me opening the Bible. I need to read God's words in order to love God's words. But I can't produce the love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Peter says when he says, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. So think about the illustration there. He's like thinking about babies. I have a baby. And, you know, she's hungry for the milk, but um, the only way she's going to receive the milk is if she kind of puts herself in the position to receive it. Hmm. And yet she's not producing the milk. Right. She's just receiving it. So I think our great challenge is also our great opportunity. We can plead with God for a holy hunger. God, my affections have been deeply affected by the fall. Uh (laughs) They are not what they should be. They are not what you intended them to be. Lord, change my affections. Lord, stir in me a deeper hunger and a deeper desire, and then help me to open your word. And show Mm. me more about you in your word. Psalm 119 is the heart cry of hunger for the word of God. So I would encourage anyone who's really struggling, start there. Pray it. You know, make it your make it a springboard for your prayers. Absolutely. It's such an encouragement too, because so often we think about Psalm 119 as being kind of the spiritual giant who's talking about God's word with such affection for it. But then you also see him saying, help me understand your word, Lord. Mm -hmm. He's also saying, bring my life up from the dust. So you're like, this guy didn't just ride on the heights, but he also felt pretty low and was crying out to the Lord in his time of need, like you said. And so I think he just gives words Mm -hmm. to the cry of our hearts when we find ourselves in seasons of weariness and just discouragement when it comes to our own personal Bible intake. What's the last verse, Hunter? I have gone astray like a Mm. lost sheep. Seek your servant. (laughs) Like that's the, that's how it ends. Right? So good. I need you, Lord. Yeah. Yes. That is so good. 
you know, I think about this analogy of the food, right? We want to fill ourselves up on what's really going to nourish us. But so often we are filling up on junk. (laughs) We're like not really taking in things that are going to either point us to God's word, refresh us with God's word, remind us of God's word, encourage us to turn to God's word. And instead, we're kind of going for like a spiritual snack that's not really going to satisfy. What are some things that keep us from really feasting on the meat of the word? Yeah. Well, I just touched on the matter of our hearts. Um, And in the book, I had to use some alliteration. So the first, you know, the first like major obstacle I would say is the dullness of our own hearts. Yeah. Um, Our our affections are not what they ought to be, what they should be. They've been deeply affected by sin. And so I think acknowledging that is probably the first step. Just Mm. confessing to God my heart. Like I would actually prefer right now to just open my phone. Yeah. What's up with that, Lord? Please help. Mm. (laughs) You are the most beautiful and astounding reality in the universe. But here I am turning to like virtual reality, you know? So I think it's it's confessing the dullness of our own hearts. Another another obstacle that I've seen is distraction. Mm-hmm. So dullness, and then there's distraction. Talk about our phones. Oh my goodness. Have you had that moment, Hunter, where <laughs> you come down the stairs, maybe it's in the morning, you know, you're fully prepared to read the word. And then you go to grab your coffee and then it occurs to you, maybe I didn't put coffee on my grocery list. So then yes. you go over to your phone to put coffee on your on your grocery list. And then before you know it, you're sucked into your phone. Yes. <laughs> and, and totally distracted. Yeah. Um, I think an awareness of what technology has done, even in rewiring our brains, mm-hmm. making us less able to focus, uh, very much, uh, you know, drawn to instant gratification mm-hmm. versus the long road, which sometimes, you know, this, this walk with, with Jesus is the long road. Totally. Um, so dullness, distractions. Um, I'm even thinking about deceit. So the lies that we tend to believe about the word that the enemy would love for us to stew on and would love to implant right in our hearts and minds lies like the bible is boring yeah this other thing is way more entertaining (laughs) right right or it doesn't really work it's not gonna what is it doing i don't i'm not a really good bible student really so i'm just not even gonna try yeah those are lies and so i think you know those are three we could go on and on but those are three that often keep us from the word hmm Yeah. And certainly I have fallen privy to all of those, even just today, you know, so this is such an encouragement for me just to turn to the word however I can, whenever I can. You know, as I was talking to that friend in the neighborhood, I was like, hey, just start simply and simply start like just turn back to the word. I think the other obstacle that we can often face, like you said, kind of in the vein of not feeling like an adequate student is like, well, we need to really get all of the things that we need to be able to study the word well. Those are great things to try and do a better job at your personal Bible study, but also don't let that keep you from actually opening up God's word and studying it however you can today. So Amen. that's such an encouragement, I think, to those of us who just feel, man, we we desire to do it, but we don't know how. 
So what encouragement do you have for the woman who desires to know and love God, but who really just doesn't even feel like she has the energy to pursue Bible intake. I think the example that you offered of somebody in the newborn phase is a great one. (laughs) There there also could be a woman who's like walking through grief and she just feels so leveled in her grief that it's hard to even think about opening up the pages of a book and being able to make sense of the words. So do you have any, any encouragement for women in seasons like that? Yeah. Absolutely, because I need it. (laughs) I'm in that season. Um, I have Mm. been there before. And I love what you just said. Start simply and simply start. Mm -hmm. And I would add to that, small deposits add up. Yeah. So we have this idea, this cultural construct that we've created called quiet time. Yeah, Yeah. When centuries ago, Hunter, there was no printing press and people did not own Bibles. Right. So if you really think about it, (laughs) there is no command in the Bible about having a daily quiet time the way that we think of it. Right. Instead, what does God command? It's so much broader and freer and better. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's abide in me. It's hold fast to the word of life. Yeah. And how that looks for you in this season of your life is going to look different than the person next to you. There's no, quote unquote, right way to get into your Bible. The point is that you're in it. So every small deposit adds up for the woman who's feeling exhausted. I would encourage her to you know, start by just remembering that the word of God is your very life. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're exhausted is just a merciful uh awakening from the Lord that you need him. Mm. It's it's not uh, new. It's just merciful <laughs> because yeah. you're in a season where he's reminding you of that. And then I would say, um, just do one thing. It doesn't have to be like you were saying, a whole two-hour long Bible study with pens and commentaries. It can just be reading a verse. Yeah. And it can be meditating on that verse and thinking about that verse throughout the day. Yeah. Start small and remember that the deposits add up um, and God will use that in your soul to draw you to himself. Absolutely. I think this is where scripture memory became so beneficial to me. It was in that season of motherhood where I really did not have time to open the Bible like I'd done in times past, you know, and I started to realize, Kristen, that like you said, if you just take one verse then the next week you can do the next verse, the next week you can do the next verse. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I are both a fan of, you know, studying contextually, like to see what, like what the whole passage is trying to communicate. And so if you just take one verse at a time, it does add up. And then before you know it, I've got a whole chapter that I can be meditating on while I'm at the park pushing swings or pushing somebody, you know, in the stroller. And um, it's such a wonderful way to go about really putting into practice that whole Deuteronomy 6 um, concept that you were referencing the, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and talk about his words whenever you're walking by the way, you know, when you sit, when you rise, etc. all the time. Like that's what enables us to be able to reflect on the word wherever we are. So I think it sounds really intimidating, but it can just start with one verse, like you said. That's right. What I love, something that you've taught me, Hunter, that we've been using in our house is memorizing scripture alongside your kids, or it could be a family member or a friend or a neighbor, maybe someone you're reading the Bible alongside. Um, 
oh my goodness, that is amazing. Yeah. Like if I, if I, if something happens in the morning and I lose time in the word, I have, I have the Bible in my head. (laughs) It's amazing. You know, and I can just be meditating on it no matter where I am. That's a great gift. Such an encouragement. And I think that is one way that I have, I don't know, fostered more hunger for the word is just, I have a friend that says, you crave what you eat. And that makes sense. You know, if you eat a bunch of junk food, you're going to keep craving junk food. <laughs> if you if yes. you eat good food, you're going to keep craving good food. So talk to me about what the pathway to this concept of, you call it satisfied hunger in your book. What is the pathway to satisfied hunger and how would you suggest we pursue it? Yeah, well... I think it's helpful to distinguish different types of hunger that yeah. we that we feel. Um, so we already established that God created all of us with hunger for Him, and yet the fall has greatly affected this hunger. So you know, if we're not walking with the Lord, if we've not come to believe in God uh, through faith in Christ as our personal Savior and Lord, unfortunately, we're just going to starve. You know, God Mm. God made us with this hunger for Him, but we are trying to satisfy it in every other place but Him. And so, you know, if there's a listener today who uh, is feeling like this hunger is just not being satisfied by anything else, and they can tell that they're searching anywhere else but in the Lord Jesus Christ, you might might be starving. Mm. And there's good news. God wants to satisfy your hunger. So there is such a thing as a starving hunger that we have as human beings. Um, mm. But for believers, you know, I think sometimes we we grapple with something that I like to call seeking hunger, these spiritual dry seasons where we feel like we're, um, where we truly, we truly want more of God, but it just feels like we can't find him. It yeah. feels like he's far away. Um, the Puritans called these seasons God's desertions, where God hasn't actually deserted us, but it it seems like he has. Um, and we're seeking him, and uh, we, we long to find him, but we're just not sure exactly how. There are yeah. seasons like that, and that's not a bad thing. You're hungry, <laughs> and that's good. Um, keep seeking him, because the Lord says, if you seek me, you will find me, if you seek me with all of your heart. That is a mm-hmm. promise. But this satisfied hunger, you know, this hunger that we see in Psalm 119 and the psalmist there, it's a hunger that has come to know more of who God is. Mm -hmm. And so it longs to know more of who God is. There's kind of a perpetual good cycle going on, right? The more I know, the more I long to know. Um, You know, I think about my marriage to Brad and it's so true there. Like the more I know him, the more I want to be near to him, the more mm-hmm. I want to spend time with him, the more I want to know him. Now, this doesn't mean perfection because there is no perfection in this life. The holy hunger will not be perfect, rather, until we see Jesus face to face and our hearts mm. are brand new in his presence. Um, but is there room for growth? Can we continue deepening in this hunger? in this satisfied hunger to know more of God. Absolutely. And that's something that the word does for us is it helps us to to keep growing in that. Mm, I love that so much. And I also love how you reference Brad and just how the Lord uses other people in our lives to encourage us to know and love him more, um, like our husbands or like our Bible study. So I'd love to talk about how God uses his people namely in the context of our Mm -hmm. local churches 
to encourage us when we are feeling discouraged in our Bible reading? How do we kind of help encourage one another to that end as a church family? And how do we feast on God's word together? Yeah, it's such an interesting reality that the Lord has instituted for us, this body of believers. And when you look at what the Bible is as a whole, it is for the church. Yes. (laughs) You know, we so often think about Christianity um, individualistically. Yes. And we're a very autonomous culture. So that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's me and my Bible, which is a very good thing. God totally wants me to draw near to Him on my own time during the week. But when I think about what the Bible actually is and who it's meant to feed, it's written for the people of God, the gathered people of God. So this actually helps us realize that our church is such a gift and an opportunity, you know, for that exhausted mom, for that exhausted um, worker, for that exhausted um, uh, wife, for the exhausted uh, teacher or, you know, bus driver or attorney, whoever they may be, who struggles to get in their quiet time, mm-hmm. that they get to receive the nourishment of God's word at church. Yes. You know, I often, are, I'm a, in a small group of moms who have young kids, so we're all very much in the same boat. And, you know, so often there's the lament that I just can't bring myself to get in the word. It's just so hard. I just feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. But the irony is that we're doing that right then and there together. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're in God's word, you know, and so the church is such a gift. The fact that you, if you're at a Bible preaching church, and really this is a call to examine right. that, right? Am I at a local church period? Am I including myself in the body of believers? Because that's such a precious gift. And then am, am I at a church that values the word of God, mm-hmm. not just, not just uh, stories and not just music. And although those are good things, but the word of Christ Is it being preached? Is it being sung? Is it being read in the services? Because if it is, you get to feast on that. Yeah. And I just, I I don't think we often include church in our thinking Mm -hmm. about being in God's word. And it's such a precious gift. Mm, Thank you for saying that. I definitely feel like that is underplayed, particularly in our generation. So often, especially as a result of COVID, we feel like we can just you know, turn on a podcast or go to church online or whatever. But there is something that the Lord does in us as we sit under the word preached together as a community of believers. So please, ladies, this is your invitation to go to church on Sunday. Thank you, Kristen. I receive that. I really hope you take that invitation to go to church on Sunday to heart. I offer that invitation with gentleness, though, knowing that church can be a difficult place for some. Maybe it's a place where you've experienced deep wounding. We'll actually talk about that in a few future episodes in this series. But I hope you'll hear me when I say, from personal experience, that the church is also the very place that we can find healing from those wounds. The church is Christ's bride, his means of bringing the kingdom to earth, of spreading his gospel and drawing us close to himself. There are so many reasons to love and invest in the church, friends. So many reasons. Like Kristen mentioned, the Bible itself was written to a community of people, to the church. There's something so sweet about experiencing God's word in community with other believers. 
sitting under the faithful preaching and teaching of Scripture and digging into passages with other believers, God's Word was meant to be experienced in community. What's more, church is a place of deep sanctification. Have you ever wondered why that is? What do I need from a local church when I can listen to great podcasts like this one or follow great bloggers or influencers? There's so many reasons, but foremost, it's the people in my day-to-day local church context that really see who I am, who can call me out, see my weakness, and truly come alongside me in my faith. The bloggers, the podcasts at a distance, they aren't able to do that. Investing in a church is how we live out those one another commands that are littered all throughout the New Testament, and how we follow the guidance of Hebrews 10, which encourages us to not neglect meeting together that we might encourage one another. What's even more, the church is the place where God's power and goodness and holiness is put on display. Scripture says that it's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. That's Ephesians 3.10. Church is a place where you can experience God, and it's also a place where He is made known to the world through the church. I could go on and on, but if you take an action step from this episode, I hope it's to take the brave step to walk into a church this Sunday and experience the beauty of Christ's church. So tell me, though, you know, for the woman who's in the word, going to church, whatever, all these things, practicing all of these things, um, but she's just not able to see like immediate fruit in her life. She feels like, man, I'm doing the things I ought to be doing. And yet I am not doing the things I want to be doing, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. How can we or she begin to trust God's work in her heart, even when she's not able to see that immediate mm-hmm. fruit? Yeah. You know, Hunter, an illustration that's always helped me is um, a tree in the wintertime. In the wintertime, you know, the the tree loses its leaves and its fruit. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's dead and that nothing's happening. There is life in the roots. Hmm. There is life in the unseen places. And the same goes for our souls. We may not notice the fruit (laughs) that God is bearing. Um, It may not seem abundant to us, but if we are genuinely seeking the Lord and coming to Him in His Word and asking Him to use it in our hearts, then we can rest assured there's life there. Mm. If we're united to Christ, He is doing an unseen, you know, very— sometimes slow, but unseen work, powerful work of God, of the Spirit in our hearts. And that's a promise that we have to trust by faith when we can't always see the immediate fruit. And, you know, there are seasons, I think, where the fruit, you can just see it more. I'm in a season right now where I'm praying that the Lord would help me (laughs) be more patient with my children. Yeah. And gentle and not harsh and not quick to anger. Right. And I got to be honest, I'm, you know, I'm in the word, I'm, I'm asking for that and I can't always see it. Um, but he promises me that his work will complete, will finish the work that he started, that it will do it, 
that it will make me more like Christ, that I will be transformed in the renewing of my mind, that I can do his will. Um, And then you know what? There's a moment in a day when I say, oh, thanks, God. I I was more patient. Yep, yep, yep. Praise you know, God. I didn't see it right away. But um, yeah, I would just encourage the listener to, to hold that illustration in mind, the tree in the wintertime. There's life in the roots. You may not be able to see it, but it's very much alive and flourishing. That's so good. And I love the reminder that the word does the work in the hearts of the people. That is something that we ought to remember when we're trying to produce fruit. It's like, well, what do we need to do? We need to turn back to the word. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. that can feel like, well, this is going to take a lot longer than listening to a self-help book or going and watching somebody's five tips on Instagram to become a more patient person. But the word is the one. The Lord is doing the work through his word by the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So it is worth the effort. Talk to us a little bit as we close just about how we can keep pursuing this thing that feels so unfinished and just imperfect in this life, Mm -hmm. like you said, just the satisfying of our deepest hunger in Jesus and his nourishing words. How can we continue to turn to him in his word, especially when life is really hard? Yeah. Well, we pursue it just like everything else in the Christian life by grace, right? It's a gift from God. It's not me pulling myself up by my bootstraps in order to earn God's favor. It's a response to God's favor. Yeah. It's an enjoyment of all that I have in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who is the riches of God's grace. Mm. You know, I I write a little bit about this in the book, but I think about the Israelites wandering through the wilderness, and um, they're hungry, yeah, and so they grumble. <laughs> and how often, how often am I grumbling, whether like literally with my words or just in my heart? Um, and what does God give to them? He feeds them. Hmm. So we grumble and God just keeps giving. My my mom says this so beautifully. She says, every day I come down the stairs and God is waiting for me in his word. No matter what I've done, no matter what I've thought or said that day, what no matter what I've desired that day, he's waiting for me. That's grace. Yeah. And he wants me to come to Christ and live. You know, faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. Yeah. And so he wants us to sustain my faith. That's what this is all about. It's not about five steps to doing good enough, reading your Bible. <laughs> you know, it's about taking hold of Christ by faith, yes. even as you read your Bible. Because every single blessing that we experience in the word comes because Jesus gave himself for us. Because he made it possible for us to draw near to God through his word. And to receive Christ by faith. It's just everything is grace. All is grace. Uh, I love that. Well, what do you remind yourself of when you're in a particular season of weariness? Or what is it that, I don't know, brings you rest when you are personally walking through seasons of just difficulty? Mm. Yeah, I found it helpful to hold on to a promise of God. Yeah. So to identify that as you're reading whatever passage you're reading, maybe you're like going through a Bible reading plan and you want to identify something from that day or honestly like Google promises of God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just right and 
and look it up. And if you want to read around it a little bit for context, great. But take it with you. I I think just chewing on a specific promise of God and remembering that this is for me. Yeah. All of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ, and I am his treasured possession. Mm. And it's for me. Um, So that's what I do. That's so great. Do you have any particular promises that you have clung to in times like this? Yeah, well, I think um, the promise that God will never leave me. Yeah. Actually, my son and I were just talking about this as I was dropping him off for preschool earlier. He will never leave me or forsake me. And Christ is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. So if I feel like I'm on my own. Yeah. Or I have to go at something on my own resources or strength. No. He will never leave me. He will never Mm. forsake me. And my Lord sticks closer than a brother. In fact, I'm united to him. Mm. That's like as close as close can get, right? When we're united to someone. But that one's been really precious for me. Oh, well, this whole conversation has certainly been precious to me. I know it will be precious to the listeners as well. Thank you so much for Mm. pointing us to Christ in his word. We are so grateful for this resource. And I don't know about y'all, but here, can you hear me? I'm about to just turn this off and just open up my Bible right here. (laughs) Thanks for the encouragement Mm. to do that today, Kristen. Oh, thanks for having me again, Hunter. Wasn't that so good? I hope that this episode with Kristen encourages you just to grab your Bible no matter where you're at, especially if you are in a season of weariness. If you found it helpful, consider sharing this Rest for the Weary series with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. As always, thanks for listening. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.